We're delighted to be able to uh, welcome our audience back to the uh, Badass Talks, and uh, uh, we're delighted that today we have the honor of having the legendary Pop with us. Uh, Pop, how you doing, man? Doing good. Good, good. Good to see you. And uh, uh, we're going to jump right in. So, Pop, we, this, these talks, we come out of, uh, come at this angle from dealing with uh, recovery and our issues in recovery. So I'll, I'll, let me start with um, what kind of behaviors uh, got you into the wounds of recovery? How'd you, how'd you, what kind of, dis I say, disruptive behavior, you know, even brought you into recovery? Um, cocaine addiction. Very rough. Can you say more? Uh, Time, place, what, what, you know, okay. what age, you know, what, how, how, Cocaine addiction is what brought me into recovery okay. uh, around the age of 18. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's what brought me in. I, um, I, I was smoking pot since I was 13. Okay. And then um, the latter part of, I mean, just graduating out of high school. I mean, maybe it was out of high school one month. Matter of fact, it was on my 18th birthday. And um buddy of mine, we was working at working a job and um, go to school, work a job, or whatever the case. And you know, it's funny, I, you know, I say that cocaine brought me here, but the the story thickens because the reality like that. Yeah, the yeah, the reality of it is is that um we were him and I would every weekend flip girls. I mean, he'd have his girl that he'll hook up with. We do a threesome. I have a friend of mine that I know that was down. We had a threesome, and then one weekend we didn't have nobody, so we went cruising, and um, we picked up this chick. And at the time, he was primo. That's co that's cocaine laced with weed. I wasn't into doing that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just smoke weed, and. Um, we were driving late one night and picked up this girl in a car. We picked the girl up, walking down the street. And uh, older, probably 30. To me, that was old, 30 or so. You know what I'm saying? Back then. Yeah, that's right, right. <laughs> um, but we picked this girl up and uh, propositioned her. And, and, uh, she took us over to a friend of hers house. And you know, she had a friend. So the one we picked up, I hooked up with, he hooked up with her. And, um, you know, we did the do. They was just all these little young studs, you know, right. come back. Okay. And uh, when we got back, lo and behold, the girl sold dope. You know what I mean? Sold cocaine. Okay. So we were able to go visit them, have sex with them, and they would give him the cocaine so he could lace it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So being in that environment was like, man, let me try that. You know, right. let me go on and do that. So before I knew it, we primo. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm smoking primo. Right. And the deal was it was free. So it's like me and him like sitting up. Yeah, I mean, we sitting up there, they taking like, you know, bolos of rocks and, and breaking them up and say, here, babies. And we were sitting in the house, man, like we was like, they're men, and then you had guys buying dope coming in, talking about who's these, who's these niggas here? You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
who is these these young dudes, you know? Yeah. And they just like, come on, man, you 18 years old, you got a girl 30 year old, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it was just like, we doing it, right. you know? And um, it hit one time, man, where um, me and a guy was on the phone talking, and I said, man, my legs getting skinny, man. He said, man, yeah, I am too, man. He said, I said, man, we need to leave them girls alone. So we said we were gonna leave them girls alone. Well, him and I didn't talk. So what he was doing and I was doing, we were still going over there individually, not letting each other know that we was going over there. Right. So um, we kicked back with the girls. So the girls would smoke the pipe though. They was hitting cocaine, they would smoke a pipe. We would see them hit the pipe and you know, we weren't tripping in that. And then the day came, I say, let me try that. And my buddy said, man, I have an uncle that's been strung out on that. If you do that, I'm not fooling with you no more. I said, oh, man, this shit ain't just do nothing to me. You know, and I hit it. Well, I was fine then. Wasn't no big deal. I would hit it. But he didn't mess with me no more. I mean, our friendship broke away. Just, just, like, that. Like, just like that, our friendship was over. And wow. I would be over there, and he'll come over there, because he started buying dope from her to sell dope. He became okay. a dealer. Okay. Um, so it was times I would be over there with a the girl, and I would smoke the cocaine. But I, I never felt addicted. I never like, you know, I still smoke more weed. I just did that when I was there. So I had a cousin um, ask me to loan him some money. Uh, cousin, he just died in the long ago, fucking, you know, good riddance to um, And he was like, man, loan me some money. Because here I am, 18 years old, staying at mom and dad, got a job, so I kept money. Right. So I gave him some money. Go, I said, what you doing? What you need some money for? I mean, I want to smoke that rock. So I'm like, I knew about it. You know, I at one, I wouldn't have known, but right. you know, but I knew right. about it. Right. And he was staying with our auntie. And um, I said, well, man, yeah, I, I'll do that for you. So I bought him one. And it was myself, my cousin, two cousins, myself, but this one in particular. Um, he he did the, he did the cocaine. We all was doing it, but he did it. Then I saw him called geeking. I didn't know what geeking was, but I'm like, I'm asking my other cousin, what, what the hell is wrong with him, man? Yeah. He geeking. Because while I was hanging, them girls wasn't doing that. I didn't right. see that sign of that. Right. Right. So, um, I said, what the fuck is he looking all in the window of the, the, the leaves? Right. My cousin say, hey man, he geeking. And I said, cuz, come on man, hold on, let me buy you another one, man. I can't see you tripping like this. Was he acting like a, um, uh, what comes to mind is uh, Chris Tucker in a Friday when he's in Chingu. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look <laughs> at yeah, to the 25th power. Chris Tucker ain't had shit on him, okay? To the 25th power. And I had never seen no shit like that, you know what I mean? So when he did it, man, I just felt sorry. Come on, man, let me buy you another. Right. And we went and bought that next rock. Right. When we bought that rock, I got that hit. I got the hit that went to my head to where I was trying to chase that same, that hit. Wow. Okay. That one hit. That one hit. Once you get that one hit, okay, you never get the hit back. So you get, so the disease allows me to get into a vicious cycle. To where chasing. I'm, trying, I'm chasing out. I got the hit right. to where when I went home, I got the hit, went home, 
and was dreaming about cocaine. I woke up that morning, remember like it was yesterday. Hell, I'm 50 now. You know, but I woke up I woke up that morning and right to about two rocks and went to his house. And I was on the run. That was in uh what was that, July of eighty seven. I turned eighteen, July the sixth of eighty seven. And so how long from that from that point there, man, from when I took that hit, man, I just gone I went to Downs Power. You know what I mean? I I was um, set up with a, my mom had me set up with 25 grand to go to PV. I had a job, I had a good job as a, being a young man, I was a hard worker, they liked me, they promoted me, and then they was totally upset when I told them, hey man, I'm leaving to go to college right. for the fall. Right. So they still gave a promotion, work for the summer, you always got a job. Right. To where my work started to climb. Um, every day was just smoking cocaine when I got my paycheck. I got to the point, man, I got my check, six, seven hundred dollars, which was a lot of money for the for right. the week sure. of eighteen year old. Right. Hell, I was broke the next day. Just up and just up and smoke, man. Just up and smoke, man. Chasing that. Chasing that high. Chasing that high. Um, going to that next level, all the way to the level to where um um I start to rob and steal at my mom's purse. You know what I mean? And all that type of stuff. So did you, you had 25 grand, did you ever see PV? Never saw PV. You know why? Because she took that 25 grand and put my ass in treatment center a year later. I wind up, in other words, that cocaine kicked my ass all the way from 87 all the way to 88. You know what I mean? 88. And um, my mom put me in treatment in 88. April of 88, I went to treatment. And during that period, what um, was going on? Oh man, what shit, man! I what did you do, man? man come on, man! <laughs> so TVs out the house, you know what I mean? They, uh, I took money from their business that I knew my mom had stashed. Uh, I remember a time, man. My mom was um, up there reading the Bible with me with Psalms, with Psalms twenty three, man. I'm looking at her. I'm glad this fat bitch stirred up and reading this because I lied to her and told her I need to pay the dope man because he's gonna kick my ass. She gave me the twenty dollars. I went to the uh, dope man, got some dope with my mom, and we drove home. That was the power of how that addiction had. That's mm-hmm. how that operated. Yeah. So a year later, you're in recovery. She put me in. Yeah, I went. I went to treatment in in, in uh, April of '88, and uh, and you know did my thing in treatment. I was 18 years old. They had me in the kids part, but then they say, well, he 18. You know, he didn't graduate high school, so then they put me in the adult wing in 88. And um, I got out, was um, going to meetings, going to Cocaine Anonymous, uh, 12-step program, and uh, was doing pretty good from April or so. But then in June, never forget it, I had a relapse. You know what I mean? What trade? Um, not working the program, not committed to the program as I can look back. Now, you know, it's not just about going to meetings and praying to God, it's about the actions that you take, you know what I mean? Allowing the program to change your way of thinking to where you have a spiritual experience. 
Because remember, my mind had, it's kind of like if you take a person, man, that, that, that let's say they do dope and, and they fuck up their head and don't come back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Some of them people don't come back. Well, if you don't have a spiritual experience, you can't come back. It's only through a spiritual experience to change the thinking. I like to call it a psychic change. Let's stay there for a minute. Okay. So, the spiritual experience you're talking about. What's that? What's you're going after? Stay there. What's that about? What, what's that like? Psychic change is when I begin to view things different than where I used to. Uh, a psychic change is it's, it's just what it is. It's a it's a change. Psychic is mind, so it's a change of the mind. You you describe the, the, the hit, that hit that sent you on right. chasing that hit. Mm-hmm. You got that high. Right. So coming back with this this psychic, is it like that? I mean, is it is it like a lightning? Flip? I mean, how did? I'm just, for did, me, it was more of a yeah. How does that? How did for it, me, it worked more of education. Okay. You know so it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't sudden. It wasn't sudden, it wasn't, it wasn't sudden. lightning flashing and you no, all of a sudden you wasn't you, none you of that shit. It wasn't Bill, it, <laughs> it wasn't Bill Wilson, <laughs> hey, hey, you know what I'm saying? Right. It was more of an education variety, but a day did come with about a year or so of sobriety where I did have an awakening. Okay. I, I remember passing out in the refrigerator. And then passing out I'm in, the- in the refrigerator. I got up that morning, going to the refrigerator, and I just passed out. Wow. You know what I mean? And then I just got up, you know, and I went and I just life just took on a whole new meaning to me. It was like, you know, I felt the connection. I felt the oneness with God. And while I was right there in the refrigerator, I'm gonna tell you, but that's where it was. That's where it was. You know what I mean? Was. That's where it was. So, yes, yeah, you know, uh, spiritual awakening, spiritual experience. Um, psychic change, all that is when I begin to see things different. Because it's here go the deal, man. Cocaine and drugs ain't the problem. I'm the problem. Okay, I'm I'm the problem through what I experienced and what I went through. It became a solution to the problem. You with me on that? Yeah. You know what I mean? In other words, cocaine was the hit that made me go whoa. This to take care of my words. See, the weed, the weed and the alcohol took care of it too. Okay, the weed took care of my cousin molesting me. I sucked his dick, pissed in my mouth. The weed and the drugs took care of my old man knocking the shit out of me at nine years old. You know what I'm talking about? When he called my name, I shit on myself. He just probably called me in the room to say, hey son, come do something for me. But just the sound of his voice make you want to shit on yourself. He was a very fucking mean man. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, getting my dick sucked at two, three years old by a babysitter. You know what I'm talking about? So all this stuff inside me builds me up till I get 13, not feeling good about who I am as a kid. And then I smoke that joint and all my shit went away. Wow. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's my experience. Move us from that to Sex addiction. How how did where did how did those two? Is there, how did that connect? Well, yeah, that's what I was saying before. When before the cocaine came into the picture, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just smoking the marijuana. You know, as I was saying before, I never wouldn't have made cocaine if I went out cruising the streets, right, looking for women. You know what I mean? Trying to pick up a woman. 
So I realized that I was a sex addict before I was a drug addict. You know, I, I didn't put it together, but see, a lot of times you'll get sober from one drug or one behavior. It just really just, you feel like you act out in another behavior. You know what I mean? Because I noticed that my sexual behavior had perked up. You know what I mean? In other words, you know, um, picking up women in the street. You know what I'm saying? See, even after I got sober, right, that behavior continue, you know what I'm saying? And then to be real with you, you know, being, getting sober at 18, 19 years old, and then getting to AA and Cocaine Anonymous is fucking sex addicts, it's fucking fucked up. So I was 18, 19 years old, having sex with women 30, 35, 40 years old in the program. So that, you know what I mean? So that didn't help me, you know what I'm talking about? So a lot of my deal was, see, you're just 19, man. You know what I'm talking about? And, you know what I mean? So, you know, hey, I'm just, you know, I'm that young bull. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, you know, and hell, it was exciting as hell. It was exciting as hell to get them old bulls. You know what I'm talking about? Older women, I'm 19, 20, I got 30, 35 year old women on me. Come on, man. You know? So it just escalated into that. But then I think it was about two years later, um, I got into um, sex acts anomalous. You know what I mean? And what triggered that was. Um, when I I got into sex acts anonymous, when I got to the point where I was riding one night, couldn't find a woman, and picked up a man dressed like a woman, and I knew something was fucked up. Because ain't nothing gay about me. I don't like no man. I don't look at no man and go fucking woo. You know what I'm talking about? You're in a fucking dress dressed like a fucking woman. You know? But it got to the point where my mind just said, fuck that. You know what I'm talking about? You know? And, uh, and she was crazy, man. I, I remember saying, um, you know, you want me to, uh, you want me to take my pants out? Uh, hell no. Nah. <laughs> hell no. Nah. Just move that to the side. I wanted to convince myself in my head that this was a woman. Right. You know? And it was just real. I mean, man, I'm talking about where it was so fucking shameful, you know, to where I cried like I was three years old. You know, a lot of times, you know, when you get to the point where you do shit, you know, it got to the point with cocaine. When I hit it, I ain't feel good about doing it no more. You know what I'm talking about? It, it got to the point where um, when I acted out, you know what I'm talking about? It wasn't no good feeling. I felt shameful. I felt remorse. I felt guilty. But you still, but you still, yeah, you still do it. And then what happens is, ah, do it again, ah, do it again, ah, do it again. Ah. Then all the shame and shit go away and it's like, fuck it, that's what I'm doing. So when I talked to my sponsor about it, and told him what was going on, he said, Alvin, I, I think you're a sex addict. You know? Shit, first thing came out of my mouth, sex addict. Man, that's a white person disease. Black people don't have no sex addiction. You know, they do that old crazy shit. We ain't, we ain't no sex addicts. So, you know, coming from my culture, coming from where we are, we don't address shit. We don't, it's not sexual right. at all. 
You know what I'm talking about? Being a man. Yeah, it's part of being a man. We don't look at, at, at that being an issue. You know what I'm talking about? So it's hard being in our society, our culture, to be able to say that. You know, I go to SAA to meet in the day, man. I might be the only African-American in the room. You know, to this moment. Now I'm telling you something about when I was 21, when I realized I had a sex addiction. Wow. Stay with me. Yeah. When I went to my first meet when I was 21 years old, I was the only black and with 60 white guys in the room. Man. Period. Hardest day in my life to be able to go in there. Because see, I'm from the neighborhood. I'm from the hood. I'm from the hood. I thought you were in the clan meet, right? Uh-huh. I thought I was in the clan meet, man. You know what I'm talking about? And like I say, um, see, I'm like I say, I'm on the back end of being born in 68, 69, when they killed Martin Luther King and all this type of stuff. So I didn't experience racism, but I'm aware of it. You know what I mean? I'm conscious of it. Um, so I never just like was, you know, um, the only time I knew that we were evil, we were level with white people in my head was when I was with my dad on his job and I saw him go at this white guy that was his boss. And my dad was head to head with him. And he gave me that sense of, oh, I ain't gotta be scared of white people. Look what my daddy did. Look how my daddy handled this here. You know? But seeing roots, seeing slavery shit, it, it turned me, you know what I'm saying? It, it made me just be conscious of, can't trust these motherfuckers. You know what I'm talking about? How dare they, you know? So going to that meeting, it, it was just like, damn, you know? And then, and then let, now let's fast forward now to being 50. You go to a meeting now, hey man, it might be 12 white guys and there's one black guy. Still to this moment. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Now, like I say, I'm not a, uh, and, and here go my deal, just being from the hood, and being raised, you know what I'm talking about? It's just wasn't, I didn't have white friends. You know, when I was in middle school, you know, they talking about segregation, but segregate, the world was created. Even though they put us together, segregation still took place. The Mexicans home with the Mexicans, the white home with the white. I went to school with all different cultures, but the whites hung with the whites, the black hung with the blacks. It, it, you know what I'm saying? We, we was never hanging together. You know, and I went to school with white kids and had, did not have one white kid in my class. They call they hall a Vanguard Hall. Really? None of them was in our class. In the same school? In the same school. Damn. That was through middle school, that was through middle, elementary and middle school. But the blinder was down. I didn't know. You know, it's kind of like um, Malcolm X said. They bamboozled me, they put the wool over my eyes. But now I can look back and go, damn. I was never in class with that, you know? Yeah. Now, now, you know, now today is different. You know what I'm talking about? My friends now are guys in recovery. You know what I'm talking about? And like I said, I ain't no racist guy. I ain't never, you know what I mean? I love all people, you know, but it's always been a sense of, uh, I guess it's not so much about, can you relate to my coach? Can you relate to who I am? When I go to a meeting and a white guy go, hey, what's up, my brother? You fuck me up when you do that. You don't know. You with me? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And you trying to change your character, your stuff to don't do that to me. You really, you really insulted me when you 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where was Bottom from that? When, when did you get Bottom? Where, where's your Talk about true Bottom. So where, where's, where's Bottom? True what Bottom. What was, what was the? My true bottom is when my sex addiction got so bad. Remember, I've been sober from drugs and alcohol. I was sober from drugs and alcohol many, many years. Um, I mean, I went over the world and spoke. I'm what you call a big book bumper. You know, I know the big book from up to down. Um, uh, I, used, I used to chair meetings with 50 plus people educating on the big book. They would still leave that and go pick up women in the street. So I was conflicted with my spirituality. I was always in conflict with myself. And what hit my bottom was when um, I relapsed. I compromised my sobriety. And then that was what was cold too. So you can't get, you can't, yeah, AA is real fucked up because when you slip, you ain't shit no more. You're beat up on. You're you're ridiculed. Uh, that's not what recovery is about. Recovery is about if that man who fall down, let me go help pick him up. Let me show him love. Let me let him know my sobriety time don't mean shit. It's not about all that. It's about the change of your morals, your values of who you are. Ain't about no fucking surprise. When that man fall down, I had a relapse with five years sober. I had five years. I had a relapse with five years sober. When I was 24, the fuck, who's getting sober at 24? Okay. Who wants to get sober? Who wants to get sober at 24? Okay, I mean, I got sober, wasn't even legally able to drink at 19. You know, so and then I like I say, and then um, it was all sexual based. Every time I relapsed, we getting with a gal. You know what I'm saying? So fast forward to getting sober again. Used dope for six days. 24 years old, I used cocaine for six days. Got back in recovery and jumped back in the wagon in 1993. 1993 all the way to 2008. Okay, so we're what, 15, 16 years or so. And had, a, had another split. All based on sexual, yeah. I was trying to enhance my sexual stuff. You know, I, I see when I got in recovery, guys talking about, hey man, hitting the dope and getting a nut while a chick sucking your dick and um, all that shit that they experienced. You know what I'm talking about? I ain't know nothing about all that. You know, I got on cocaine at 18, it kicked my ass all the way to 19, and I stopped. I only used cocaine for 10 months. So I, I, it's like I never, I got sober and got on track, but I never experienced life. I never went through shit. You know what I'm saying? I never experienced nothing. I never, I was, you know, I had a guy tell me one time, he said, Alvin, you ain't went through shit shit. You just a kid. You don't know where you hit. Hurt my fucking feelings, man. But I knew what he was trying to say. Nothing in life had happened to me for me to experience or to know because I was a kid. My nephew tried to, was preaching one time. He was 10 years old. Preach his ass off. 10, at 10. At 10. Yeah, was preaching. You know what I'm saying? Even though he had the knowledge to preach, but no experience behind the preaching. Right. So that shit ended. You feel me? Yeah. I never had experience behind it. You know what I'm talking about? Now being 50, I've had some experiences. Okay? I've been through some stuff. I've got made millions and lost millions. You know, and lost millions. You know what I mean? I've 
I've experienced it. I didn't know my mom passed two years ago. My dad passed in 10. I began to experience stuff with life I had to face shit. It was always smooth. I, my life, my, my life um, skyrocketed when I got sober. Just, you know what I mean? Made money, money, money. Had gal, gal, gals. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I never knew pain. I never knew, you know, I went through bullshit, but self-imposed pain. But not just life pain. And it was a difference, man. So the bottom line was, I was 16, 17 years sober, okay? And the sex addiction got to the point where I wanted to enhance that shit. When I relapsed, it wasn't about me wanting to use drugs and alcohol. But you can't get people in AA because they don't deal with that shit in CA to understand that. So I kind of had shame backed off. You know what I mean? I got sober again, but I really wasn't going to meetings. I just was going to SAA because I knew they understood. I wasn't trying to get high to drink. I was just trying to enhance my sex shit. What's the higher high I can get sexually? From all that you've been through, what difference can alcohol make in this world? Man. I can carry the message to to the addict. Just so, and not just that, because we can get sober and be fine. But to carry the message to that sex addict, uh, especially African American people, you know, my hope is for me to evolve where I can bring a bigger picture to where the a, a black man doesn't have to feel. Shame or ridicule or different within himself because he's a sex addict. Take that jacket off of you. You're addicted to porn. You know, take that jacket off of you. Just realize, man, it is a sickness. It's a sense of a disease like anything else. You know, we just had a pastor just busted, married, licking pussy on the fucking internet. Now he just blasted out all the internet. Why? Because at some point, he has been masking. You know what I'm saying? He has been masking his sickness. He ain't had nobody to talk to about it. Now, I'm preaching all this good shit over here, but what's going on behind my door? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because look here, man. Ain't no, no one would... They say insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. Okay. There's no way a sane man is going to be a pastor or, or have a wife and let some woman film him. Tell him to do Yeah. Yeah. And then Pastor Wilson um, was on the news and everything, Fox and all this shit here about the thing. You know? And no way that that man with a little woman film him with her camera. If he just didn't lost that moment, that moment he lost, he lost space, he lost, he lost all truth, he lost all reality. You know what I mean? When my mind came to say, man, this might get back to my wife, and let you take your phone and film me, he ain't doing that, man, because he wanted to be down there looking at it. He dealing with some other shit that he's not addressing, and that's what we do. 
So maybe if it was a place where brothers can go and we can talk. Because when you go to an SA meeting, it's intimidating. It's a meeting on Sunday nights. A number of white guys, 60 of them, maybe. You'll see one black guy, maybe two, sometimes maybe three. And one of my deals, I bowed. I said, man, you know what? And I got to get back to the bow because I hadn't done it. Go to that meeting every day. So when that black guy hit that door, you can at least see one of them. You know, after the meeting, I'll run up to him and talk to him. And try to connect. You know? Because we haven't learned that, man. See, I'm really grateful. I think that God got me sober at 18 or 19, so I won't be a bigger ass. See, I really, by right, I should be a real big asshole. <laughs> you with me? Right. But God got me sober at 18 and 19 to reveal things to me that I still see when my brothers are big ass. My cousins are asses. You know what I mean? People that I know, just they just ignorant. I, you know, I'm stop calling them asses. They're ignorant. They don't know. They haven't learned it. They haven't got the tools that I was blessed to get. So cocaine was a benefit for me. Sexual addiction, it's, a, it's all a benefit. It's all a good thing. Because I can't get to the other side and be a better man unless I see who I am and what I'm going through. If you walk around here and ain't done, ain't been through shit, you ain't got shit. You, you know what, you, you, ain't got, you ain't got a story, you got a report. I got a story. You know what I'm saying? I'm I got a story. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm not reporting it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I got a story, man. I'm, you know, I've been through some shit. So it's different, man. So, you know, and then you had a man who hadn't went through nothing, judge a man who has. But you don't, you haven't walked my shoes, you know? So my goal, like you say, man, what I had to offer, man, is brother, to help a brother see a sense of freedom, peace with itself. Hey, it's okay to be a sex addict. You know what I'm talking about? Sex addict don't mean I look at child pornography. It, it, you know, it can be all that. And see, here go the deal. Hell yeah, it can lead to that. I just thank God that it happened. Hell yeah, it can lead to all this other stuff. I just thank God that it happened. But when I hear it, I know that man's sick. And then if you look at the history of it, somebody fuck with him. You know what I mean? Don't nobody wake up in the morning saying I'm fit to fuck with no child. Don't nobody wake up in the morning saying I want to uh, rape this woman. We don't wake up with that shit. It's just shit that we haven't addressed that causes that demon to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I was just speaking before you walk in. Um, demons are created through what we experience. The demon doesn't go away. It just gets to get bigger. How it can get bigger if I feed it. But the demons, they never go away. I just learned how to live over the demons. So when he tried to call me, he way down there. He always telling me, come here, Alvin. Come on. But if I grow spiritually, I can always keep him at bay. But he ain't, I just leave, I just try to live above the demons. But they don't go away. Don't go away. And they do not go away. I got to stay connected with my higher power that I choose to call God on a daily basis, so I won't let them demons come back. You know what I mean? About right. you. It's just as simple as that. Thank you. Thank you. You'll come back. Absolutely.